Sayonara. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Junisan? Hello? Junisan? So, how was school to... What's wrong with you? Are you crazy? Welcome to the next four Karate Kid Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the next Karate Kid four no big deal minutes at a time. I'm Robin. Matt will be joining us shortly, but I do have two guests today, two new guests to our podcast I'm really looking forward to talking to uh, from Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. Welcome to the show, Carrie, and welcome to the show, Rachel. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, I, I will have to like, let's see. Uh, oh, this is a great way because obviously your two female voice, you might, you know, just like guys would get all confused uh, when people are listening, uh, like who's who. So uh, that's that's usually how I talk, by the way. That is uh, – uh, this is why I don't edit. People love this stuff. Uh, I'm learning how to speak on a podcast. Okay. So, <laughs> Carrie, uh, let's start with you. Uh, what is your history with the next Karate Kid? So for the next Karate Kid, because of this podcast, I have now watched the movie twice. Uh, The first time I watched it was, I think, just last year, um, because I'm a huge Cobra Kai fan, the series Cobra Kai. Obsessed. Love it so much. Yeah. And so there was a point last year I was like, because, you know, the creator's like, anybody who's ever been involved in the Karate Kid might show up in our show. So I was like... I should probably watch this movie that everybody has talked about being as like the quote unquote, the worst karate kid movie because I've yeah. never seen it. Right. So I was like, okay, so let's watch it, see what it's about. Just so I have the context in case anybody from there shows up. So the first time I watched it was last year. And then I watched it two days ago to prepare for this. Uh-huh. And uh, that, that is my history with, the next Karate Kid. Oh, you left something open, though, because you did say that people told you it was the worst Karate Kid. Now, I mean, what do you think? Uh... It's, it's, yeah. I mean, if we're going to rank all four Karate Kid movies, <laughs> because there's only four. There are right. only four are only Karate four. Kid movies. This is definitely at the bottom of the list. It's Sorry. got a participation award. Uh, it does. Uh... It showed up. <laughs> it tried. <laughs> Yes. Right, right. Yeah. Um, uh, Rachel, uh, what, what, what's your history with the Dex Karate Kid? Did you just did Carrie just make you watch it, or? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> well, no. I, I mean, when the first one came out, that's really the only one that I've ever watched repeatedly, and uh, you know, remember the most. Two, three, and four, I really haven't watched all that much. I just vaguely mm-hmm. remember that I saw them when they were released, and I don't remember being too excited about four <laughs> and then I watched this and I was like I remember why <laughs> and yeah not also not my favorite but um definitely good discussion pieces <laughs> with so many points of that movie mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's special it's a special one. It is, yeah. It's an ABC family movie. I, I'm trying to give it as much respect as possible because the great Pat Morita is in it still, you know, he's yes. getting his paycheck. He, <laughs> yeah. With, I mean, even just with, you know, the minutes we're going to discuss, like he tries really hard to save yeah. this. And, mm-hmm. and there are moments when Hillary Swank tries her best 
<laughs> oh, good which, job, Hillary. <laughs> which are mostly the like the between dialogue moments. Yeah. yeah. Like they're they're trying. They're really trying. <laughs> yeah. But I did. Yeah. This was not successful. Yeah. No. Unfortunately, I, when I was watching it again, I mostly thought that like. I don't know if this is one writer or multiple writers, but it's like they never actually met a teenager. They just had teenagers <laughs> described to them, and they were like, got it. All right. I will write this script for you. Yes. This is yeah. one writer we keep referencing. His name is Mark Lee. He is not. He did not write the other ones, the new director as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's very totally different, I think. They try. They try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we play this. So on our podcast, we just do like episode reviews and stuff, but then we sort of, at the end of the season, we do a sort of season wrap up and we started playing this game where Rachel will sort of badly describe an episode and I have to try and guess which episode she's talking about. And this, this episode, this movie feels like somebody badly described (laughs) the karate kid to this writer Uh without this writer ever then actually having watched the karate kid. But then was like, here's what this movie is about, so write the sequel to it. But with a girl. But with a girl, yes. Yeah. I, I will say this is one of three credits on Mark Lee's IMDb, who I'm oh. sure is a very nice guy. Yes. I'm sure he's lovely, but <laughs> yeah. Is this the first one? Oh, I think it's the in-between. It's between the uh-huh. uh, director video and the TV movie. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are, are we ready to get into today's four minutes then? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's All do right. it. All right. Today we're talking about minutes 24 to 28 of The Next Karate Kid. They begin with Julie moving on up and end with Julie jumping on up. Uh, we be- pick up where we <laughs> left off on Friday with Julie following Eric to the top of a train to learn more about him. And this is where we have to pause and just thoughts on Eric. Uh, what do you think? Is he a good guy? Is he is he somebody Julie should trust? Uh... He's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's pretty much all I got for Eric. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> so so milk toast. It's like I got. I think I got an adjective here. Fine. Uh, he's, <laughs> yeah. He's mostly okay. He does have his moments where where he's like equally as like typical guy as as the rest of them. But mo- yeah, mostly he's okay. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. I'd probably, if I were Julie, I'd probably be like, yeah, that guy's not bad. I could, yeah. Put him right. in the friend zone. And hey. quite honestly, like I'm looking around at the other guys that we, that are featured in this movie. I'm like, nah, I don't think, uh, I think Eric's probably the best one. Out of, out of yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, that whole alpha squad is just like, I I don't understand at <laughs> all I do what their have, motivation is. I do have a question about those guys because I couldn't figure out from we wa- rewatching this movie um, who they are. Are they like <laughs> the football team? Are they a martial arts group? Are they a self defense team? Like I thought they were just the football team. Who is? Who are they? Okay, actually, I have a live correspondent that just swung in through a window. Uh, this is our on-the-scene reporter, Matt, uh, who just crashed through a window. Uh, Matt, uh, Carrie, and Rachel here. Uh, Hello. <laughs> there you are. Hello. Hello. Uh, please explain who the Alpha Elite are, at least in the, in the organization, like what, what kind of organization they are. Arbiters of Hallway Justice. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
okay then. I don't know. Is it? It almost seems like uh, you know. It's Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside's. Uh, it's Iron uh, Time. Iron Time. Yeah. <laughs> How to be a man club or something like that. Uh, just terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's toxic masculinity club. Yeah. It yeah. is. This is a man who went to war and never left. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that guy in the first movie. Kind of like I'm, most of them. Yeah. It's so strange that, you know, for the movie starring a girl that they decide to load it up with the grossest guys <laughs> to really, you know, to really like, oh, I'm really hoping she roundhouses this guy or punches this Please guy. Please punch that guy in the <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah. Just not. Oh, he's so gross. <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> All right. So we're here in the train yard. I want to mention this is the MBTA's Cabot Yard, home of the Red Line, located in South Boston. They have uh, 218 Red Line cars. Uh, there's also a green line, an orange line, and a blue line. This train that we're seeing here, 1737, is still in service today. Yes, I do my research. I actually uh, Googled and found a tweet recently where somebody was just, like, complaining about that particular car's air conditioning. <laughs> Let it have oh. AC in the car. <laughs> um, okay. The ladder that Julie and Eric climb up actually was affixed to the train car for the film. Uh, so... And then, of course, you see the name Braintree on there. And uh, I, I know it's a uh, town in Massachusetts, but I'm not sure if everybody's like, what the heck is Braintree? Why is Braintree written on there? But strangely yeah. named town. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. I kind of assumed. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. Uh, it's like Wahlberg land, basically, out there. <laughs> um, I have to comment, like, there's I, I do like a appreciate there are some nice shots in the scene where we're looking up at Julie and Eric in the train with the sky behind them and the crane kind of comes up slowly and you see the city behind them. thought it was a nicely framed shot, I guess. <laughs> it, is, it is very nicely shot. Yes, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it, it, Eric starts talking about why he does uh, this job and if, if, like, I love his first answer is just like, if, for the money. Like, <laughs> just like any <laughs> job. <laughs> But then he gets into, like, uh, his backstory, how his dad walked out when he was 12. We've been going back and forth, like, what did his dad – what happened to his parents? His parents died in a car accident. No, that was Julie's parents. Okay, okay. Eric's dad uh, walked out on them and uh, then just stopped sending money. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, so he said he was when he was 12. Uh, and then he's like, so I had to get a job. And I'm like, has Eric been, like, a little 12-year-old guy in a security outfit, like, out there lifting <laughs> weights and stuff? Because he has a like a thirty five year old seventeen year old, so tackling hobos since he was twelve. Do we do we know how old Julie's supposed to be and Eric? Like, are they junior seniors? Do we know like where they fall in the high school? Well, Eric can at least drive. Yeah, yeah. There's at least that. So yeah, yeah. Do we know how old these characters are? No, No, they don't say. Um, They're American teenagers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I mean, a bit later, she does say she got asked to senior prom, right? I haven't seen farther in the movies, so okay. <laughs> I, I will remember. That doesn't mean it's her prom, though, does it? Right. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean it's her prom, uh, but so are like I guess are we thinking uh, junior? Because if they're sixteen, they sh- probably junior senior ish are they 16 though i'm I, gonna assume they're in their last year of high school oh, wait okay. just because 
He said, he said, my, oh wait, no, I, I did this math because he says my dad walked out on us so sick, out on us about six years ago, but I just assumed that was 18. So that would make him 12, but mm. who knows how old he is. Yeah. Sorry. I'm yeah. He might up. only be 16. <laughs> yeah. Does he, he six, mention yeah. when, cause he starts talking about his future, how after high school he wants to go, you know, where, I, fly F- F-15s. Yeah. Does, <laughs> does he say? Somewhere in there, how soon that is? Like next year, I want to go. Or no, he just says I'm going. I'm, I'm going to the Air Force Academy. I'm <laughs> going to be a fire pilot. pilot. Yeah. So he's, he's watched a lot right of. Now. He's watched a lot of Iron Eagle as well. <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He's he's in Alpha Elites because Jester is uh, uh, in in charge of the whole thing. <laughs> Jester from Top Gun. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, Jester's got some uh, connections there. Like little we know, this is a like a soft padded uh, sequel to top gun as well just the adventures of jester what happened to him yeah he just started this like <laughs> alpha male white aryan society out the up in boston <laughs> all takes place in the same universe <laughs> yes uh so yeah we find out eric's in there because we're like oh he's such a nice guy like hasn't he looked around yet and like these people are jerks but i guess he's just sucking it up to get into the air force academy uh, so Julie says she never thinks about the future. I never think about the future. And that, to me, that always makes me think of uh, Batman 89. You know, hey, Grissom, think about the future. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. No, All right. sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, this interaction shows that Julie uh, Julie has no direction. She doesn't says no plans for even the next five seconds except for, like, I'm I'm going to make you promise not to say anything about my hawk. Yeah. She's very <laughs> obsessed with that hawk. Like I her whole obsession like you can't with the hawk, you can't tell anybody about the hawk. It's just so <laughs> extreme. Like I mean I get on one point I get the hawk, she wants to nurture it and get it back to health, but at the same point it's just it's so much. It is so much. It's too much. Right. It's too much. And I said last week, it's like, what happens if they get, the, the hawk gets called about? Animal control yeah, comes exactly. in and takes care of it? <laughs> yeah. So animal control comes in and they help rehabilitate? They just come in and snap yeah. its neck. Yeah. Like, animal control is not going to, like, kill a hawk. Like, yeah. no. It's a federal it's crime fine. to kill them. Exactly. They're going to take it far, far away and she'll never, never see it again. Ever, ever, yeah, never, never. True. She's she's dependent on the hawk. Yeah, she needs that hawk for her like moment of zen every day up on the roof, you know. You see her later getting like a hawk tattoo. <laughs> like on her back maybe. Uh. <laughs> it's also weird like she's named this hawk Angel, but she also just very often calls it the hawk. Like if mm-hmm. you've named something, don't you just call it by its name? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, so, uh so I, I should start calling Matt the co-host. Don't tell anybody about the co-host. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, he makes she makes Eric promise uh, not to say anything, and he's like, "All right, I promise." So before he was saying, she was like, "Are you going to say anything?" And he's like, "You'll see." And it's like, what did that even mean? Like, was he just teasing yeah. her back then? Or did he have a different plan? Like, I'm going to say something, and then she stalked and harassed him, and then. Made him change his mind. He was teasing her and uh, trying to get her to hang out with him longer. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. 
she'll pay more attention to me if she thinks I'm going to have her bird murdered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's is, textbook, you know. Yeah. That's technically called uh, birder, by the way. <laughs> All right, sorry. Birdicide. <laughs> Birdicide. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done with this scene? Can we move on to the next? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, four minutes is a long time. Uh, it is, yeah. At the start of the next scene, Miyaki's saying goodbye to someone on the television telephone. I'm assuming that's Louisa. Yeah. Um, let me ask our guest, how do you think her vacation with Daniel is going? Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, where's like, what's Daniel doing at this point? Because I don't been, even know what year it is. Yeah. I know if because this movie is ninety four. It's ten years after the original Karate Kid, which yeah. is where that that uh, the, obviously the tournament's titled the eighty four All yeah. Valley Tournament. So it's ten yeah. years since. So he could be still living with Miyagi. He could be. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Because Could be selling cars by now, maybe. Maybe. Possibly. I think mean, is he working with me, Amanda by now? Like I, I assume they had Sam in their early two thousands, so maybe they're not married. But no. Yeah. I. Yeah. That's a good question. I, it is a very good question, and. <laughs> I, I like to guess. I like to guess that maybe that. I as long know. as he's not getting other people's blood on her, she's having. <laughs> <a good> <laughs> Yeah, because Daniel had built his own room in Miyagi's right. house back at, you know, 10 years ago. Right. Which is, it's it's very strange to think sequels happening 10 years later. Right. That's a lot of time to have passed. Uh, that room is no longer there in Cobra Kai, so something <laughs> obviously happened to oh. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, something is this lady's vacation. Maybe she trashed that room beyond repair. <laughs> Oh my God, Louisa! <laughs> what Louisa, did you, you do, can, you can, Louisa? You can stay in the guest room. <laughs> <laughs> Worst trip advisor of you ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that guest house could be at Airbnb. That's, that's <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> um, yeah. I, then I thought maybe he's not saying say like he's saying sayonara. So maybe he's talking to someone Japanese. Like is he saying goodbye? To, like using uh, the wealthy widow's widow's uh, phone to call Yuki. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't get charged for this. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I will make all the long distance calls. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Julie comes home and uh, goes to her room, shuts the door, and then Miyaki just walks right in and catches her in her bra. Oh. Uh, I, I, I absolutely love, are you crazy? <laughs> Have you lost your mind to walk into this room? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do appreciate how he mentions Daniel because it does yeah. tie this movie back into the original trilogy. You know, he lived with, he had, he had a roommate who was a boy. So them walking in and out of each other's rooms was not a big deal. They never knocked though. Like I'm just yeah, saying, like, you don't every, just... time, every time we saw them uh, interact like that in the previous movies, I thought yeah. they, they like, yeah, did knock. Yeah. I guess after after 10 years of living together, they just stopped. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's been 10 years and they're, you know, shoji screens are maybe <laughs> difficult to knock on. You, how do you knock on paper? I don't know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, yeah. You do yeah. shadow puppets. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Daniel walked in on Miyagi one time where he did not want to walk in and they knocked ever since. I mean, I just, I, knocking is, you know, 
just it's safe for you. It, it helps yourself too to not see yeah. anything you don't want to see. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I love how Miyagi immediately like starts like strangely stroking the side of his face and then covering his eyes. Like and just I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> like almost like he's praying, like, oh God, please take that out of my mind. <laughs> well, yeah. never, you yeah. never see Miyagi like in the wrong usually. Right. <laughs> yeah. so it's it's yeah. odd to see him like apologetic. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's some you know, it's a girl now. It's like, I think this whole thing where he's like immediately like, all right, listen, I lived with a friend. He was a boy, you know, like, and, and it's, that was a lot easier. Uh, it was his, su- su- his subtext was just like, I am not a pervert. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Total accident. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry. So- I'm here. I have to say Mr. Miyagi's a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. No. Hey, no. Wow. No. I was uh, so Judging all of you. <laughs> you went too easy on Mr. Miyagi. Too easy. Come on, he's a legend. He is—he's a completely pure person. There's, there's no way. There's no way, Mel. Cannon, he's a pervert. Go back no, to your lucky feet, yeah. Mel. Come on. <laughs> no. Wrong. No. No. Well, I think we're. Uh, are we outvoted? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I. So I'm raising three daughters, uh, and I, I sometimes actually wonder how boys are. Like, are boys actually easier than girls, or is this just like a <laughs> funny thing? Yeah, you wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't know. I have a son. He's he's 12 years old. Uh, yes, yes. Being a girl myself, raising okay. a son, yes. Do you have to argue about your son's clothes every morning? <laughs> no, because okay. – I mean, as far as school wise, he goes to private school, so there's a uniform, so it's just oh, okay, the same thing, yeah. It's the same thing every day, and so I wish during, my school had uniforms. <laughs> and so during which, I will say, the sort of dress code stuff that girls have to go through these days is, it's not no stop. Yeah. It's not. It's not a thing. The teachers are making too much. It's no, no. Um, but yeah, but yeah, during the summer, who, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's the summer right now. So what he's wearing, uh, whatever he has right. on shorts and the pants. So it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I really do think girls are a lot of work and maybe it's just like my male point of view of the whole thing. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I think it just depends. I'm sorry. I'm coming out of my cave of silence again. I think it just depends. <laughs> I can't believe you took that gag off now. Or Matt. What? No, what? Um, <laughs> people to always take like a stance from what they know. So I know so many people that have like both boys and girls and they're like, oh, well, my son is much easier than my daughter. But mm-hmm. it's usually a personality thing because I know in my family growing up, my mom always says, you girls were easy. Like your brother, on the other hand, was really difficult. <laughs> So, yeah. but it was, he had a stronger personality. It just depends. And your family, hmm? you're, you, like both you and your brother were really easygoing yeah. and your sister was a bit more trouble. Yeah. So it just depends. She's like, also on a middle the, child. But it um, depends on the family. It depends yeah. on the personality of the it, kid. It depends on the depends. level of hyperness of the child. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It depends on how tired the parent is. <laughs> I just don't think it's like you a You are a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we learned that while Julie snuck off with Eric, Miyagi, uh, took it upon himself to get Julie's schoolwork. And like, he, he, we were talking about like Miyagi, like wandering around the school, wondering where Julie was because he showed up for a ride and she just took off. But yeah. her excuse is like, 
I went to the train yard to talk to this guy. No big deal. Like if my daughter told me I went to the train yard to talk to a guy, I'd be like, what? I'd be so mad. I know. I couldn't believe that she actually thought that one would like, you know, fly. Oh, the train yard. (laughs) Really? That's an excuse I understand. Yeah. But also. Oh, Oh, it makes sense. I'll let it go. But also, why would teachers give this random guy Julie's homework? Like, how do the teachers know who this guy is? Like, why? He's like, hi, I'm Julie's guardian. Please give me her home. Like, what yeah. did he say? How How does he explain their relationship at this mm-hmm. point? Because yeah. even it's been like a day, if, but you know, as far as Julie and Mr. Miyagi's relationship goes. And it's right. just like... And the school is just going to trust this random guy that he's Julie's. Maybe they'll just give out homework. Now? They'll just give out homework to whoever wants it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is yeah. homework, so yeah. who's just going to ask for homework? So yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, but, I'm not really sure how much security would be around the assignments. I'm assuming the teachers were just like, "Well, here's everything I assigned for the last three weeks. <laughs> yes. Julie's done none of it, so good luck." Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that whole thing was just really weird to me. But it might just be, like, where I'm coming from, like, today. And, you know, the sort of security involved in schools and stuff at right. this point in time. But it's just a random guy walks in and asks for homework for students. And he's not on a list somewhere. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. ugh, I don't know. I have no idea how much time passed either. Like they don't really, I mean, the way this movie sets it up the first time Miyagi and Julie actually have a conversation is on his way dropping after, after dropping Louisa off and on his way to drop her off at school. Like they didn't actually talk before then. So yeah. (laughs) She said, hi, she said, hi. Hi. Oh, hi. She said, hi. So it's okay. So you think Louisa, like Miyagi gave her the out and she was like, all right, I, and I'm packing my bags right now. (laughs) We will leave in the morning. Well, drop, yep. drop me off before dropping Julie off at school. I've had enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Miyagi asked her to do her homework, and uh, she says, I told you this morning, I know where I'm going in my life, and I don't need any math problems to get there. And uh, so I, I looked at like, what actually she said that morning was, look, I don't need a special dinner. I can take care of myself. I, I know where I'm going. Mm. So, Which exactly – that's – the exact opposite that she said in the scene before where she's like, yes! I don't know what I'm doing in five minutes. And then she's right. like, I know what I'm doing with my entire <laughs> life. Alone. That was like my main notes for the scene was like, she's telling Eric, she has no idea what she's doing five minutes from now. But according to Mr. Miyagi, she knows what she's doing with her life. Right. Which but one I- is it? <laughs> well, that one actually is like the one accurate teenager response though is like i'm going to be controversial in this conversation no matter what i'm saying i'm yes. just going to say the opposite of what you're saying and it's so Bring true the drama yeah <laughs> sure but yeah. yeah i i i almost think that she's like i know what i'm doing with my life nothing <laughs> <That's really laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> Like, I really think, you know, she's just got this depression where she thinks she's just doomed to fail. And I don't know uh, how her parents dying is like how grief is frozen her in place. But, you know, I guess so. I mean, I don't even know how long ago her parents died. This movie that, was, just... that was that was the big question. question. That was our big question was like, I mean, if they died like two months ago, that explains a lot. If they died like right. a year ago, <laughs> n- n- no, like, like. 
I lost my mother at the beginning of this year, like six months ago from now. Sorry. And it's like the grief of losing a parent is so extreme, especially when it's like unexpected. Like she says, you know, her parents died in an accident. So I'm assuming like a car accident of some sort. So it was not like they were sick and whatever. Yeah. The emotional response to a parent's death definitely changes with the time from it. So, I mean, it seems like it was maybe a couple months ago, but because we don't know, her responses to things don't make a lot of sense because we don't have context for her responses to things because we don't know how long ago this very traumatic event happened. Yeah. And if we did, things might make more sense and this movie might work a little better, but... Yeah, I don't know why, but every time she mentions losing her parents, I always assumed it was years ago. That's what it sounds like to me, too. Yeah. She tells stories as if she was experiencing these stories when she was, like, eight. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Yeah, watching her mother. Yeah. I think it was later. Um, Yeah. Uh, So Miyagi gets to drop a Miyagiism here. Ambition without the knowledge is like a boat on dry land. Um, And... The way Julie is acting to me, like I question the usage of this this one. Like Julie's not <laughs> ambitious at all. Like uh, it, I, I came up with a better one to me. She knows where she's going. <laughs> no, she doesn't. No, <laughs> depends who you ask. <laughs> From a certain point of view, Eric's or Miyagi's. <laughs> uh, so I wrote down: no ambition with no knowledge is really like a boat on dry land. You're stuck and you don't feel like moving to where the water is. You just don't care. <laughs> I think I thought that was a better. I like your take on Miyagi. it. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm helping Mark Lee actually. Miyagi is he knows everything, so yes, he's perfect, right, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> Except he's a pervert. No, 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 Come no, on. no, no. It's enough. You lock Mel up again, please. Oh, she's a bad influence. I leave. I know. <laughs> lock her away again. Lock her up. Lock her up. Lock her up. Lock her up. I'm so glad on this female-centric season of this podcast, we got lock her up in. <laughs> no. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> moving on. Julie doesn't... <laughs> Julie doesn't react well to this Miyagiism and is just like, forget it. I'm out of here. And uh, I don't know. It's a, I, I, I get frustrated with Miyagi too. Sometimes I'm just like, can you please just tell us, tell me what you mean? Why the riddles? Like I'm supposed to, like I'm in anguish and now I have to sit and think about what you just said. Like, uh, why do I have to figure this out? You know, just give me the advice. I don't know. I think the whole this screenwriter never actually watched the first movie comes into play because if you watch the first Karate Kid like the movie, like the Miyagi-isms make sense in context and you know what he's trying to say and here it's just like somebody was like oh when he says these weird mysterious things and they're like okay so I'll make him say this some sort of of concept, ambition, knowledge okay like I had a Related to some sort of thing in the world, like yes. boats, boats, uh, and dry land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's just great. Open fortune cookie, and it says, "Okay." Oh <laughs> yes. yes, it's very Miyagi's very fortune cookie in this movie. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Miyagi follows Julie outside where he starts screaming. Uh, she starts screaming at him for the whole neighborhood to hear. Uh, Will you stay out of my life? Stop telling me what to do. Um, and Miyagi is trying to be sweet. He's like, hi, hey, I'm just trying to teach you something. And then he, she throws back at his face. You can't even speak English. Oh, which oh. I'm just like not cool, Julia. No, that's no, that's bad. No, that's not good. That's so wrong. Nope, nope, nope. I was going to teach you karate, and now I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Julie runs into the street in anguish uh, and doesn't see the pizza delivery car that's coming down the, down the street. Uh, she reacts by jumping straight into the air and landing on the roof. Um, so uh, the hood, not the roof, the hood. Oh yeah, the the hood. Sorry, yeah, I, I should know my cars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so she jumps up onto the bumper. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, what, what do you guys think? I mean, I I think this is supposed to be impressive, but I think it's kind of poorly shot. Like you don't really know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, I think yeah. If, if we had a wider shot to actually see either Hillary Swank or her stunt double actually jumping onto the hood, I think yeah. it would play better. But because you just have sort of a close-up of her feet and then she immediately <laughs> sort of like tumbles off it, it's not so great. But yeah, it's. I think it's one of the things that this is supposed to be, oh my God, look at this amazing thing this person know, does. Yeah. Yeah, it never really pays off what the sort of slow-mo intro to this sort of shot is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's supposed to be so monumental of like, oh my god, nobody does this. And yeah, it is, it's not cut very well. No. They should have done some wire work. I don't know (laughs) what the budget was, but gosh, (laughs) just spring up into the air like that. um, It would have been cooler because it is like supposed to be like a, like a a 28, 27 minutes in the movie. Like, Oh, we got a, we got a prodigy in her hands, you know? Um, Right. No. Yeah. I think it would have worked also better if she had like sort of jumped up and she'd like stayed there for Mm. a a bit because it's like she jumps up and then just immediately is like off. But if she had jumped up and stayed, because also the car stops. So the yeah. car, you know, stops its motion and she stops her motion and she like jumps up on the hood. So if she had like stayed standing on the hood of the car. Like she can still hold her balance yeah. up there. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like a balance thing because yeah, with, you know, martial arts and stuff, balance is a huge thing. And her sort of jumping up and then immediately rolling slash falling off kind of downplays the jumping onto the thing. Right. So yeah, we see a close up of her going like getting ready to spring up and then we see her up in the air and then the next shot is her landing on the roof and standing there like this. And then maybe the pizza driver comes out and she does a backflip off and goes a couple like a double punch in his face and lays him right out. <laughs> Oh, that would have been awesome. Wave at I don't, I don't know person. where I learned that. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just reacted. Yeah, yeah, I just reacted. That's right. Um, and I, I don't know, like, looking at this again, uh, I swear, I for some reason, it was lodged in my mind that she just jumped over the car, and the car would like, have been more stopped impressive. ahead. Yeah, but I guess she, not. She didn't even ask for a free pizza. I don't <laughs> It's a missed opportunity. I know. Uh, my final note for this before we wrap up is, uh, the pizza driver is played by an actor named Wayne Chu. 
not much to note about his IMDb except that this is actually his last role in any film on the IMDb uh, or TV. This is his last role. Um, yeah. I'm sure uh, Hillary Swank made sure he never worked in this town again. <laughs> Him and, uh, and the chair from Million Dollar Baby are sitting in a food line together like, oh, you got Hillary too? <laughs> uh, but uh, anything else uh, that you folks had uh, as a note for, this, for these four minutes? <laughs> no, nope. we covered all the points that, that we had thought of. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's all awesome. for me. All right, well, now it's time for us to jump, but uh, we want to thank you both, Carrie and Rachel, for joining us on this Monday. You want to come back on Wednesday to talk four more Karate Kid minutes? Yeah. Or sure, next Karate why not? Kid minutes? Yeah, let's do <laughs> it. Sorry, they're going to be next Karate Kid minutes. Okay. <laughs> well, we want to give you an opportunity. It's Monday. It's, it's uh, a guest plug day, so uh, go ahead and let everybody know where they can listen to you. So, so who's going first? <laughs> Gary, tell them what they want. Yeah. Uh, so our podcast, we are uh, covering Stargate, uh, the TV series. Uh, we're currently in season three, probably soon to transition to season four of Stargate SG-1. You can find us on Twitter at SG underscore rewatch or on your podcast app uh, at Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. And... That's where you can find us. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. It is. We have lots of fun. It's been, it's been really interesting going back to this series that I loved and obsessed over that I made Rachel watch it and become (laughs) obsessed with it with me. We pretty much start off every discussion with, did we remember said episode? And for me, it's usually no. And I'm like, (laughs) how could you now remember this episode now? I mean, how many episodes are there in, in total? Even in just an SG one, it's got to be over a thousand, right? It's <laughs> it's over two hundred. There oh, there's an what, there's what an ep- there there is <laughs> an episode of SG one called Two Hundred, which is their two hundredth episode, oh, and it's okay. in like season nine, I think. Yeah, so. I've only seen one episode of that show, and it was like the Groundhog Day episode. Oh, that's what our podcast is named after. That's the window, window of opportunity. opportunity. Uh, yeah. I, re- I remember it because of the, it was really funny. That one character was like really grumpy the entire time, and you had no idea why. And then it was revealed that his day always starts with getting hit in the face with the door that he he can't avoid. <laughs> that's Till. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Getting hit in the face with the door every day. <laughs> I know how that feels. Uh, awesome well thank you both for coming by and we'll look forward to talking more on Wednesday and until next time we're doing a call back to I told you this morning I know where I'm going in my life and I don't need any math problems to get there ambition without knowledge is like boat on dry land